Citizens of the Verse, today is October 11th, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We are a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky. Uh oh, it's playing again. <laughs> Hang on one second. <laughs> there we go. I'm your host. Somehow I accidentally clicked loop. Um, I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and with me tonight I'm joined by the incomparable Seagard Olfson. Hello, Seagard. Hello. And we have, I'm sorry, we have a returning guest. He puts the thick in Gothic. Hello, Gothic. Hey. Welcome back. He's right to the point. That's right. Oh, wow. So that was a great start to our episode. And and while I have eaten a piece of chocolate that will hit at some point today, um, it has not yet, so... Um, <laughs> it can only get not, better then. Yeah, that's it's pumpkin spice flavored too, because I'm basic like that. That's the holidays. So good. Uh, anyway, we have a lot to talk about, but uh, before we dive in deep, Seaguard, what have or Gothic? I guess we usually start with the guest. Gothic, what have you been up to this past week? Um, running some bunkers. Uh, I tried my hand at mining again. That's I'm not. I just I don't think I'm a miner. I don't think I'm good at it. I blow oh. up every time. Um, and then doing, uh, practicing like airdrops with various vehicles out of Cuddies and Valkyries and things like that. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Seagard, how about yourself? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, um, just, you know, I was flying around the other day just doing some, um, I took out a new ship. Well, not a new ship, but a ship I haven't flown for a while. Starfarer. I was going to use that for my... My next couple of days, you know, uh, so did that just the other day and had a bunch of us had a blast. There was, there was stuff going on and doors not working and people's bodies being dragged. It was a, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, it was a good, it was a fun night, um, but it was good to be flying that ship with a bunch of people, you know, around. And, uh, and then, uh, the other thing I've been doing, we, I was just going to do a, um, uh, for science with Hamar, uh, but we ran into a technical issue with the the game crashing on us, so weren't able to complete. Uh, but other than that, just kind of enjoying the game and uh, getting back into the mode of playing. Alrighty, um, I myself have not really done anything in game. I was in Connecticut again this from Thursday on last week and. Just got back yesterday, and then I'm going back to Connecticut this weekend for a wedding. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, I won't have that much time to play until uh, the week after. But um, let's get into it. So we are in the midst of the Day of the Vara celebrations, and this year comes a change. Um, the masks that last year you had to get by achieving some sort of thing, whether, um, you know, the essentially the scarecrow type mask you got from going and finding Benny Henge. And then the Van Duel mask you got from uh, killing, what was it? 50 people. Yeah. Um, this year they now randomly spawn in loot crates and people were up in arms, even 
uh, morphologist <laughs> who tends yeah. to be a little bit chiller. He's not a white knight. He's definitely critical when he wants to be, but yeah. he seemed very upset. Um, and then two things happen because of that. One, the community, not the community, but some people who are in the gaming, the community uh, attacked morphologists, which was awful. Uh, but then beyond that, um, we also got a response from Zylo about the controversy. And essentially his response was, you know, unfortunately they did that last year um, to really create um, an experience for people when it comes to like something different and, and to create an item that you get to keep after a behavior that you did in game. However, it was not really implemented in the way that CIG likes to implement things. It was really sort of a script that they ran and then they paid attention to who hit that, those numbers. And then they manually would add them to the, to people's accounts. Um, and so, you know, they, they regret doing it that way. And, and certainly what they don't want to do is they're not trying to devalue rare loot, but you know, they didn't create any new assets this year. And so, they decided to just put them in um, lootable crates. Uh, I, for one, am okay with it based on Zylo's response, at least. And, you know, as long as they do come out with things that are more rare. What do you guys think, Gothic? How did you feel? Did it it drive you crazy? Or are you like, people were conga lining for that anyway? Uh, To be honest, I didn't even really, like, pay attention last year. I just know I have the Hill Horror one. Yeah, I didn't even realize that there was a difference i found a couple of them this year um but what i've seen is people like you know pinging out everybody on a server saying hey the vandal mask is at you know Shubin mining facility on wherever and then everybody flocking there and running in to try and get it oh nice um, but yeah i didn't as far as like last year versus this year i really didn't notice a difference yeah what about you Seagard? how do you feel about it uh you know i'm <laughs> I think I think Sig takes too much of a beating from junk like this. You know, if we were at work and people would jump every time we tried to do something, you know, we'd quit. Right? Yeah. It would just suck. Uh, they're trying to do good things. I mean, it, you know, it's not like you know, it's not like we're not going <laughs> to. None of the stuff is permanent right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, you know, give it a break. Um, you know, maybe there's a lesson learned from it, but it doesn't need to be all the, uh, the aggressiveness. I mean, it just, it just gets silly. And another you know reason I like the parlay house, you just kind of do your thing and don't worry about all the junk. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually feel bad for CIG for it. I mean, it's, you know, they go through the trouble of making the stuff and if they had done yeah. it one way, they get shot. If they do it the other way, they get shot. Eventually, they're just going to be gun shy and say, we're not doing this anymore. Right. So over a virtual helmet that probably goes along with the other 9,000 things we already have. Yeah. Now, the one thing that if you think about what they actually managed to do this time is they've made it so that if you find that item in a loot box, it gets attributed to your account. That's that's instead of it being some sort of you know uh, duct tape solution, it's a real in-game coded solution that works. Yeah, yeah, and you know I have to believe, you know, as a as a as a group, we can't 
you know, at some point when the game goes live, we can't go out there and go, let's go earn everybody a hill horror mask because it's all going to be viable in game. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. kind of silly. Exactly. Um, so uh, in even bigger news, I hope anyone listening to this is aware of it. But if not, last weekend was CitizenCon. Uh, so we had a full digital CitizenCon. And what I want to do is go through the different segments and then we talk about them each um, separate. Um, but before doing that, Gothic, did you catch CitizenCon? And if so, how would you rate it compared to previous CitizenCons? And why? I, did, I, I caught most of it. Uh, I think I left towards the end, but I did catch most of it. I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I only paid half attention last year, but I, you know, nothing really caught me. But this year, uh, I was pretty excited for the stuff they were showing. Awesome. Um, Seagard, what about yourself? What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very well done. I mean, um, I certainly enjoyed it. I spent all afternoon, um, first sitting on the couch and then, uh, actually, uh, after probably the first 30 minutes, I ran over and, uh, checked the discord at the parley house. And there's about 12 or 13 people on. So I got on and we're all just kind of muttering under our breath and ooing and eyeing and, and uh, occasionally making funny comments. It's a good time. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. I was in Connecticut catching it when I could, so I yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. on my phone. Yeah, I caught like half of it, and then I had to go help my sister pick out tile. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Um, but I did and end up catching up on all of it anyhow. Um, I thought it was good. Like you know, yeah, the difference yeah. here compared to previous citizen cons i think it's twofold one it was missing that big oh my goodness wow moment keynote part um but also everything that they talked about feels more concrete or closer than not so like it's not like the year with the sandworm that we still don't have right? right it's not the year it's not like the year where they went to uh, through a uh, jump point to pyro, um, yeah. to pyro, where it was probably not really even a in-game asset, or you know, um, right. when they when they did that. So, but all of these things feel new. They also feel concrete, and I didn't feel like any of them were boring per se. Yeah, I thought they were. Well, go ahead. I was going like gothic. Go. Um, so yeah. That's how I thought. What, what were you going to say, Sierra? Uh, yeah, I was going to say that um, you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, you know, the bunkers, you know, the uh, multi-layer bunkers, they're more extensive. I mean, you know, that is that is stuff that they're, you know, building. They're, they're, they're tweaking it somewhat, but it's definitely already built on a solid foundation of stuff they've, they've already been doing. And it will, you know, it's definitely valuable just to light you know liven up gameplay now and you know even though you know the alpha maybe two years down the road i mean those everything there was not in the game development it was fundamental development yeah it was fundamental to to the future of the game yeah I, i definitely liked it i mean i thought the uh even the ship um I thought even, you know, the ship, 
design, which could easily take over the you know the day. People really want to talk about ships. I thought it was well balanced. I thought the ship they brought in was a cool ship. Um, the concept ship, I think it was good. Mm-hmm. I think it was not a thousand dollar ship. It was a, a ship that you know people can afford. Um, it's definitely a you know a style that people. You know, there are strong opinions about Crusader and Drake and Misk and everything. Skin head Seaguard. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, so I, I really, I really appreciated what they did to balance it all out between well, all what, the shows. What was your favorite segment? Without diving into it, because we'll do that in a second. Gothic. What was your favorite segment? Oh, geez. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think it was the bit about Pyro because for me, like I've always, I keep hearing about Pyro. Uh-huh. server meshing and all that and like i never i didn't really pay much attention to like what was coming but like actually seeing the planets um, mm-hmm. was pretty cool yeah that uh, made me excited for actually you know whenever pyro comes for the first time because i really didn't i was fine with stanton um yeah but seeing the stuff on pyro it's really cool yeah uh what about you Seaguard? i would um I would say for me, it was um, more the discussion around the um, like it was the it was the section that had the buildings in it where they're talking about having the remake of the uh, the ground station. Oh yeah, right. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I also, you know, I I didn't understand why they were doing Loreville before uh, redoing it. I didn't mm-hmm. understand that, but. It, it was a good, you know, once I saw that, I went, oh, okay, yeah, that's significant. Yeah. Right. It goes from being a small little city to a sprawling um, industrial complex. I think it definitely changes the feel. Um, yeah. I, I think that was all in the same one. And it gives it better scale. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, I like the. Um... I mean, I liked most of them. I'm sure all of you did. But yeah, yeah, I didn't find a bad one. I liked the power play one about the, you know, the sort of ship. Oh, yeah, engineering roles. multiplayer. Yeah. Oh yeah. So let let's talk about the segment. So first and foremost, uh, beyond anything, Chris Roberts actually showed his face this year, which is great because people have good. been good sort of saying him. that it's good to see he takes that feedback. Uh, plus, it's the 10 year anniversary of Star Citizen, so right. Um, yeah. uh, the other thing, but, um, speaking of ships, the new set that we're going to be seeing with Jared, how awesome was that? It essentially yep. now looks like a, um, a Connie Phoenix sort of. Yeah. And in addition to having a desk with two chairs for guests, they have a little bar set up so they could change around based on segments. But I think the coolest part of it is the background looks like a window and they kept changing the the location behind the scenes. First it started while it looked like it was quantuming and then it ended up being different locations within pyro um, throughout the, throughout the day. So I thought that and was they were really moving. Awesome. There were yeah. like lights on the buildings that were moving and I thought yeah. that was cool. Uh, I definitely, I definitely liked that. Yeah. Um, so first segment was journey to 4.0. Most of them are labeled journey to 4.0. At some point throughout the day, during the day, um, Jared did caveat when they say Journey to 4.0. Not all of the things that we're seeing at CitizenCon will be in 4.0. It will be in the 4.0 branch. Right. Um, 
So just for anyone who is thinking this is all coming in 4.0, no. Uh, but first with Planetary Pyro, they did give us a look at Pyro 1, Pyro 2, Pyro 3, Pyro 4, Pyro 6, and one of Pyro 6's moons. Um, do you have a favorite planet that they showed off? Um, the Gothic? Or, you know, it was it just exciting to see all the different... Um, I think it's Pyro Four. <clears throat> if that was one with the huge like rock formations, yeah, and, like the creepy like swamp areas. I think that was if that was Pyro Four. That was my favorite one. I think so. I think it was Pyro Four. What about you, Seagard? Um, definitely into the. Uh, I definitely like um, the blue with the with the glow the glow is not fully implemented but i definitely oh, like yeah. that yeah I, I i like the previous one they did that's pyro up, one isn't it i think so yeah i like the previous one they did up near uh um microtech yeah microtech and it has the uh crystals i really like that yeah oh yeah they so. had all those different crystals yeah um i really i still like pyro three the one with the yellow moss um but also I really liked that. Uh, I think it was pyro six with like the jump, um, all those big deep pools. And then I also love the, was it the, the mountain pyro six that was constantly, that has a giant um, crater. Yeah. I think that is, yeah, I think that's, I know which one it has some big mountain ranges on it. Yeah. Oh, that was, I don't even remember now which it has one. big it has big pools like yeah uh, it's like kind of like a swampy looking planet but up close it's not some yeah. moss. I think what's really cool is just the variation in biomes that they've been able to create now and like just pyro is a complete different system and yeah. it will be really fun to explore really fun. Um, so yeah, that, I was very excited by that. Um, and then our, uh, second session, it was, uh, the journey to 4.0 design brief, uh, investigations. So this is essentially just to paraphrase the segment. It was, they were showing us sort of the early process of developing a new set of missions. And these are going to be investigations. I think, so you saw sort of like the pitch process and then you saw some concepts and like even some ideas fleshed out through um, showing Moby and things. Um, one of the things that came through with it is they decided to go, they had one or two ways of going about creating the missions. Uh, one could be uh, an investigation that was definitive. You, you definitively knew whether you were right or wrong. And, and there was a definitive answer and a definitive conclusion at the end of it. The other one was more about deducing enough clues that you could submit. You decide when it's over, you could submit it when it's sufficient, um, which is the route they chose. And it looks like it's going to take you around multiple locations, potentially based on evidence that you find looks like a pretty comprehensive mission uh, type that they'll be launching. What did you think, Gothic? Did you catch that segment? 
I did. <clears throat> I thought it was cool. Um, they said, you know, the whole time they were talking about it and giving examples. Um, in my head, I was saying the question they said out loud, which is, you know, how do we how do we do this without it being repetitive or, yeah. um, you know, because I mean that's the nature of a mystery. Is it's like it's if you do too many of them, it's going to get to be, you know, it's like playing that game Phasmophobia, the ghost hunting game. Like you do it enough, you know what you're looking for. It'd be the same thing with anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be cool. I'd definitely, I'd try it out. Um, I probably wouldn't be that great at it, but, <laughs> but I'd, I'd try it out for sure. Awesome. Um, so in terms of, or what did you think, Cigar? Sorry. <laughs> I uh, let yeah. myself get distracted. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> hey, uh, there's some of my, you know, I've run of the Kovalec shipping. Uh, mm-hmm. station that was one of my favorite missions they did early on was the investigation and and it did have multiple outcomes if you didn't if you didn't find the last couple items you could find yeah. out you could think oh you know the guy was guilty or not guilty um when you tell his wife but uh and i enjoyed that a lot i mean that was way back when, when i was just you know doing the uh aurora thing and it was creepy and Trying to hide your ship on the back of it so no one come in and smoke you. Yep. You oh, know. that used to be and, the worst uh, when you heard someone shooting outside. Yeah. So you don't want to land on the pad, and and I, and I enjoyed those. They had a good feel to them, and they, you know, they were still kind of <laughs> creepy. The lighting was well done, uh, and there was some problem solving, you know, orientation. So I I think this is a great idea. Uh, you know, I would say it's almost a career thing. You're an investigator. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think the cool part about it for me is that they're trying to create missions that have less to do with being pointed in the exact direction and more to do with sort of the player figuring it out. And, you know, I think the idea is there'll be a lot of different things. Like you might have to, you might find a body and, you know, download their, um, Moby glass data so that you can peruse that and see if you could piece together something or it might be something else. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, I think that was really cool and it definitely looks like it'll play a lot of um, part with the scanning system, FPS scanning. Um, and they also seem to take that. Um, well, we'll talk about it later, but they seem to also be taking the similar approach to how they want people to play Squadron 42. And they, it seems like they have elements of investigation uh, happening within that game. Yeah. I was, um, you know, thinking about these investigations and, you know, them being open-ended. Mm. Um, I kind of wish we'd heard something about being able to save the mission into your files, right? You could you could basically that mission, if you're not sure you finished it or not, you could basically put it enough into your, into your saved items. And later, maybe you get a hint in lore, you know, or something splashes on the in-game news, Oh, new investigation involving blah, 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 you know, reveals hints of, you know, explosives. Oh, now I need to go relook it. Right. It draws you back into your old cases. Yeah. Uh, be tough, but like I a cold case. Be, yeah, like a cold <laughs> case thing, right? I mean, that would be cool. It would <clears> be cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that does excite me about it is I'm all about being able to like get out of your ship. I mean, you know, we play it for the yeah. ships, but like I like being able to walk around and all that. And it seems like it would be less, you know, hopping out and grabbing the box and putting it back in your ship and flying, and more walking around wherever. 
Yeah. Yeah, walking around a derelict or even even EVAing around a derelict and then having to look around for it for a bit and then go to the next thing. And then they even said they'll add ways to like complicate the mission. Like maybe there's someone trying to kill you at the location or right. You know, they, there's right. a lot of options and variability that the designers can use. So the way I think of this is what they talked about is really designing investigation missions as a play structure. And then that is get getting put in the hands of designers to create bespoke missions or a whole variety of missions instead of just one. Yeah. Um, next up we had the journey to 4.0, the new underground. So this was a look at how they're reworking underground bunker missions. Um, first of all, the one that they showed, which was a medium underground facility was enormous yeah, um, <laughs> I loved it. I and loved it. what they what they were showing off was one how they can create different styles based on sort of like the company that owns that structure. So the one that they showed off was um, uh, who was it? Was it? it wasn't Shubin? Oh my god, I forgot who. The, Can't see the outside picture. I'm looking at the. Uh, uh, corporation it wasn't bearing i doesn't matter it It was was bearing it was bearing was it yeah because i i in our when we were on the stream uh watching it together i noticed that it was bearing industrial and i said oh so bearings are the more than just weapons huh that was a bearing industrial okay you sure i feel i feel like it was something else either way doesn't matter um, but it looked cool and it showed the different types of areas. They want it to be more realistic and seem like it has a real function. So they showed off a mining uh, sort of facility. Um, gives a lot of options for platforming. Uh, they showed a, a wide range of concept imagery, um, potential gameplay scenarios, like different paths to sneak around, places where there might be checkpoints. Uh, they also added in you know, landing pads for executives, hangars for um, players potentially, and then even garage base. So they want it to be more of a, lo- you know, fleshed out location. Uh, Gothic, what'd you think? What'd you like about it? Anything pop out to you as super interesting? Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you're talking about the bunkers? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was super interesting because... <clears throat> bunker missions are mostly what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so any, you know, there's about two different types that you can play through right now. So any variation is uh, certainly welcome. Yeah. Also, it, it doesn't seem like it'll be exclusively for missions per se. They might have function like, or at least maybe not this, you know, the same type of mission we're used to because it looks like they might use it as functioning locations as well. Yeah. What about you, Seaguard? I almost called you Chekhov. <laughs> okay. The, uh, the uh, you know, I, I, again, this is like one of my favorite ones. So I like the idea of having different size, uh, you know, stations. I think that stations right now, they, like they said, they're a placeholder, but c- corporations moving onto a planet would definitely invest in larger infrastructure, right? They, mm-hmm. they would be bigger. Um, the multiple entrances, different levels. Um, 
I, I thought it was very interesting how they're combining what appears to be really three sets of uh, mechanics. Well, uh, let's see, construction, right? So you have, you basically have what is the interior of a ship, right? And you have all the components that go with the ship, you know, the docking and the landing and the elevators and um, the hallways and all those things that go into a ship or a space station. And then as you get lower and lower, you're getting into the caves. Yeah. Right. And in the caves, they not only took the caves and the, and the facility, but they also are adding in the feature of the being overgrown by net by nature, Mm -hmm. which comes from the, the missions, you know, the, uh, the wrecked, you know, reclaimer and all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one I'm, sure they're going to be utilizing is the uh the ability to look at a map of the interior like they do the ships right it scans the object in the game and gives you a solid floor and a you know a wire diagram of the hallways and rooms Mm -hmm. so i think when you put all that together it's a much it's going to be a much better design um you're also going to be able to get around potential you know potentially with vehicles right they're they had get moving cargo vehicles, obviously they're uh, mules and things. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty cool and complex operation. If you want to go raid one of these. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I was pretty excited about it. I think it was my favorite to be honest with you. A hundred percent. And the, you know, the other thing too, is they sort of made it sound as <clears> though, <throat> you know, or a, a lot of what they talked about was very stealth oriented. I, I thought it was really cool. I I can't wait till they introduce them. I think it's going to offer a lot more complexity with gameplay yeah. and make longer missions. Right, the bunker missions today they're cool. They were cool for the time period, mm-hmm. but they're pretty run and gun. You know, yeah, they are. I think adding a little bit more variety complexity unpredictability will be huge and you know it might even include something like wearing a disguise similar to what you saw at citizen con last year for the mission right or two years right. ago rather right um you know to me this also gives me hope that they're also going to look at stations again right now stations you know they've expanded stations to you know basically this level already um but, you know, when I go out to the outer rim or the mm-hmm. outer stations, they're slightly different. They're more one-level kind of affairs now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have that vulnerable feeling of being out, you know, a little bit of life clinging at the edge of known space, right? <clears throat> and um, these provide, you know, a, subs- a substantial increase in, you know, the survivability and the, the feeling of, you know, we're here to stay. Um, and I think it's going to let us also see the small ones as being more vulnerable on some of the more critical planets. Yeah. So I'd like to see stations also go down this road where they have different levels and yeah. the furthest ones should be, you know, just very vulnerable little stations. I'm sure it will depend on what system it's in too. That's true. You know, That's Stanton true. being pr- relatively safe place to be. Yep. Um, the next one was journey to 4.0, the need 
for multiple speeds. This was really them talking about the flight model and trying yeah. to get combat to be closer. And so they're one, they're fine tuning the ships to be uh, a certain type of ship. So for instance, an interceptor might have um, different flight characteristics than, you know, a fighter versus a large ship, etc. <clears throat> but the, the main crux of the conversation was, They've slowed down combat speed by making two – they have two master modes, essentially. One is combat-oriented, um, and so it's slower. But because of it, you're able to have your shields and, and everything else um, working. And then there's quantum uh, mode, which essentially introduces not just long-distance quantum travel – but also sort of this more point and quantum to location um, mode. And, and it's much closer um, locations as well. Uh, however, in that mode where you can fly a lot faster, you do not have shields or weapons access. Correct. Um, what do you think about that one? Gothic? How do you feel? Does it seem like it could be the solution? For, I guess it's the only solution they've got for right now. Um, I don't know if it's the ultimate solution, but hopefully it fixes something. You know, I mean, right now it's like the small fast ships are able to take on just about everything. Yeah. <clears throat> just because they can outrange and outrun. And I mean, I don't know, you know, that would, maybe that would work against something, you know, like a, like even I'd say a Valkyrie cause it's bigger, it's slower, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, like a hammerhead or a, uh, Carrick or something like that really you know something small like that it's like a mosquito on an elephant like it shouldn't matter um, how fast or how you know agile it is that thing should be able to just keep on going yeah um, and I thought it was cool just seeing the quantum like boost I guess to yeah. like, jump between short points I thought that was kind of neat yeah um, I also was I came into this segment a little disappointed because when I I didn't read the full description. I just read the thing and it said ship rolls. So I was uh, thinking rolls on a ship, not. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like half paying attention yeah. to that one. Yeah. I get it. Um, Seagard, how about you? You know me. This was, I, you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a big combat guy for ships, but I do like it. And uh, I think this is great. I think this is going to make, you know, first of all, they they differentiate. They're definitely showing a differentiation between a medium fighter, a heavy fighter, and a light fighter. Yeah, that's the first thing they started talking about, right? It's, you know, I think that's important. I just i I was very concerned that everybody could just tweak their ship until you know, you know, uh, freaking Pisces could kill anything, right? I mean, it was just it drove me nuts. Um, this now puts it into the realm of uh, it's more about the pilot skill. I think mm-hmm. uh, there'll be less jousting. Uh, I think that turrets are going to become overpowered pretty quick because the targets are going to be moving much slower. Yeah. And I think there's going to be less um, fewer 180 degree turns and more of the uh, sweeping turns. Yep with closer ranges. So you're going to have to kind of 
figure out where you want to focus your shield strength and those rear turrets are going to have the opportunity to kind of pound a guy. Um, you know, and I, I think that's going to be, I think it's going to make a great difference in the dog fighting realm. Turrets and missiles got me a little concerned, so there's got to be some, um, that's going to be tough to balance, but that's okay. I yeah. definitely like the quantum, um, the boost. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. And I really liked the fact that you had to stay, you know, it's like driving an old truck down the road, right? It's wobbling all over. You're just trying to keep it between the lines. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. Uh, you know, I think it's a, another way to differentiate ships. You know, uh, you might have a ship that's, extremely slow but extremely stable going in the direction you want it to go which could be a great advantage oh, that's another one might be very fast but just a handful and you could be dropping out of quantum every third time you try it yeah right. um, and then the quantum travel itself i would actually like to see some of that steering also to get some variety in where you drop out make it less predictable for people to camp where you're going to drop yeah. Um, so it's on the pilot. You can be deliberately sloppy and be wide and then try to boost in. Uh, anyway, I could go on for variations, but the idea is that, yeah, I'm excited about this. I think it's, yeah. I think it's very good. I, I personally think it's an elegant solution and it doesn't have to sound, it doesn't have to sound sort of forced because you can say it right. has to do with the power management of the ship. Yeah. Um, I do think this might come in, you know, with when we talk about power play, I think this will make engineers even more necessary on larger ships. But it also makes me feel like now you have to make a decision. If you're going to attack a Carrick, you're going to attack a Hammerhead. You're not just going to go in with fighters because now you can't just quickly zoom out of its firing right. arc. Right. Because they already fire further than your ship does. So you could become a sitting duck. So now it's about coordinated attacks to bring down shields and then have, um, you know, your more sniper ships like the Ares and or, you know, torpedoes being used in order to take down ships that they should be using them to take down. And engineers, given their new systems, will be gamefully Amazing. employed. Amazing. It's, I mean, if, if all of this happens with, if the 4.0 branch is a year and a half, we're in for a stellar year and a half. Yeah. Um, next was Lorville redo. So we got to see a look at the Lorville skyline. Now the thing, the thing that I think also necessitated the change one, the visual quality of the city was just not on par with the visual quality of any of the other cities to the layout of the city and the expansiveness of the city was not on par. And three, the Hurston dynamics building is so comically large compared to the rest of the everything city else that it gives right. it a poor sense of scale. Right. Um, and it makes it just look stupid. It makes the city seem minuscule, even though it was the size of Denver before um, and then actually there's one more thing that they, they did it for too, is Lorville lacked any landable locations outside of the main port. And those are necessary for in city missions. Right. So I think that's sort of, uh, what necessitated it. Um, what'd you think Gothic? I actually didn't 
pay that much attention to this one. I think I had to step away. That was one of the ones I missed. Um, yeah. Was I had to step away for it. But yeah, I mean, Lorville's not the most exciting. I don't really ever go there. Um, it looks, you know, I don't know, it didn't look cool, but like the, the, um, in like the theme of it, I guess, is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Like, you know, it just sucks to live there and everybody's just working themselves to death. Um, so I think it's a cool place to like look at. I've always liked that huge tower. I mean, it is a little ridiculous in how big it is, but I mean, you know, you can see it from space. That's cool. Um, so I think a re- redesign would be cool. Okay. Um, how about yourself, Sigurd? What did you think? You know, I already said this is like another, you know, one of my top two. Um, at least, that it, it, I guess I didn't say top two, but it was one of my, the one of the ones that stuck in my mind the most, and I understood the reason for it. Um, I, I'll just say the one thing that kind of caught, stuck in my mind immediately when I saw it was that now there's a reason to take the train to the outside of the city. Right before it was like, why would I go anywhere other than back to the center to the spaceport? Right I, now, I actually can see a reason to go out to the perimeter of the city, and maybe they're going to have docks there, but you can ride the subway out there. Maybe there'll be, you know, alternate landing sites out there with sleeping quarters you can use. And um, I think it's, I think it's that excites me. Okay. Excellent. Um, yeah, I th- I just think it looks really cool, and I, I also think it's a good opportunity for them to one once again create more gameplay for cities, give people reasons to go there instead of just wanting to go to space stations. But also, I think they can take this opportunity to set up different styles of neighborhoods. Um, you know, they definitely were inspired by their previous work with cities like um, Microtech and Horizon, um, so. Uh, very exciting. And that's probably, it seems like it's sooner on the, on the way than not. Like maybe, I, I don't know if it'll be 4.0, but it's on the roadmap right now. So, um, and then we had, uh, you know, let's, oh, go ahead. let's, let's make a note of this date mentally and see how long it takes because, I have to believe they're going to be using the new set of building tools. Mm-hmm. And let's see how long it took. Because the yeah. first time they did Loraville, it took them a, it took them you know easily a year, right? I mean, the second time it took them about three months to do the the whole solar system again. Um, and you know that's why I think they brought in the stadium for the. Mm-hmm. For the shows, right? They brought in that major rework. Now let's see what this one takes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, very good point. Um, awesome. Now, uh, what else was there? Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, I got confused because I was like, "Wait, didn't I answer this?" And I was like, "Oh, we, I did." <laughs> um. Maybe the chocolate hit. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, next up, my favorite segment, uh, power play. So this was all about really making the engineer role exist and um, the resource management um, gameplay. So it talked about everything from relays to, uh, you know, components, power, um, trying to remember the other areas. 
I should have put these in my notes. Relays. Um, did they talk about gravity? Gravity, yep. Capacitors? Um, they didn't talk about capacitors. They did talk about the gravity, though. Yeah. I know relays and gravity. Oh, here, I, I pulled it up. Oh, okay. Um, so it's... Sorry. Okay, there we go. Oh, that's right. Okay, so power energy resources, life support, item maintenance, relay handling, access control, and gravity. Yes. So power energy resources, this is, you know, making sure that power is getting to all the different parts of the ship. Life support was everything from oxygen to temperature. Um, and what they did show off was a little bit of a demo of if there's too many people in a room, the temperature will start to go up. The oxygen will dissipate faster. If a fire happens in the room, uh, the oxygen depletes, it heats up. If, um, if you vented the room, it shows sort of the different, the room system. Uh, and they just showed off some demos of that, like, you know, venting the air in a room to stop a fire, venting the air in a room to kill people in it. Um, item maintenance obviously is all about repairing. They even showed a uh, component in the Carrick repair uh, machine, and then someone else was carrying a component to the workbench, which was cool. Um, and that includes subcomponent repairing and, and or replacing. Did you notice what workbench that was? The Carrick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they had, there was a component in the machine too, the, the Carrick's okay. repair machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ray hand, relay handling is all about maximizing the powers journey to the ship or also if you need to uh, change the path and because of some sort of damage. Access control is for the ship to grant people access for different roles. That includes engineering, what MFDs you have access to, etc., cetera, uh, which is great. Um, and then there's gravity. So they showed turning on and off gravity and, and what that would do in a situation as well. Um, so really good stuff. You can really envision how important the engineer is uh, going to be on larger ships. What did you think, Gothic? Oh, the sooner they can implement that, the better. I mean, it really, like the turret, you know, being a turret gunner is fun and having everybody in the same ship. I mean, that's part of the reason I got the game was because you could do that. But I mean, having an engineer, you know, somebody doing that role running around trying to fix stuff while, some, you know, I say I'm in a turret. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, the sooner they can get that in, the better. You know, everybody can have a role. Everybody can be doing their thing and make it just feel more alive. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And yeah, it was just so interesting. Uh, Seaguard. Yeah, I, I was super excited about it. Um, you know, always thinking, I, I mean, it's just, I think it's great. I was, I was actually also very excited when, uh, um, oh, uh, why am I drawing a blank on this? Jared mentioned the communications role. I thought, oh, we're going to hear it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it was very exciting. I definitely would like this. I can see the things coming from this, right? Is there, is there, would there be an advantage going into combat without your oxygen, your systems 
and your room's filled with oxygen, right? Or the would fires spread less quickly or not take at all? Um, there be less explosive decompression, or you know, explosive damage, you know, because there's no air to decompress. I can see all these advantages, right? Moving big parts in and out um, without, you know, having to go through multiple doors. You just leave all the doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the fact that it talked about, you know, access, you know, which ties to security, right? How are we going to defend this thing? And I can shut off gravity to make it easier to defend. Yeah. Um, and or make it easier to repair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought this was great. Um, definitely. Awesome. I, uh, I really loved it. Obviously it was my, one of my favorite segments. Um, I think one thing that if people really think about this now, um, I think this will also be the way that they control people. They stop people from hot bunking. Oh, good point. Because the amount of oxygen that you have to support the people on the ship is tuned to the crew size. And they always said if someone logs out in a bed um, down the road, as long as the ship is it hasn't been despawned, they are still in the bed. <laughs> so, you know, they'll be still taking up oxygen. Maybe not as much because they're sleeping, but still. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this just opens up that, you know, they, it sort of blows your mind and, and it makes you think, oh, my goodness, engineer is going to have so much fun and so much to do and be so critical. And, you know, it'll definitely be an important selection when you're, um, you know, crewing up your ship. It's probably going to be one of the roles that you're not going to use an NPC for if you're if you're smart. Um. So that brings us to Talking Ship 2952. We got introduced to a new ship by Crusader, as as Seaguard mentioned. Uh, it's called the Crusader Spirit. Uh, it's two crew, and it has three variants. So they have the C1, which is their cargo variant. It holds 48 SCU of cargo. They have their A1. It's a, a steak sauce. No, <laughs> uh, no it's, it's, a, uh, it's a bomber. Um, carries 10 size five bombs that drop out of two tubes and they're um, sort of uh, completely vertical. So they drop straight down instead of on the sideways uh, dropping mechanism. Looks really cool. And then the E1 is an executive transport ship that carries, if I'm not mistaken, six executives, has a machine to uh, pour out any beverages that they would like. And it also had this really nice sort of moon roof. So they had this great view and the seats are all separated with the closing doors, which is great. It gives them privacy. They have a big screen. Um, so that was the first part of the segment. Then they gave us a very detailed look at the, um, the Drake Corsair. And the one thing it looked pretty much the way, um, I anticipated it, except the outside looks phenomenal. Uh, and then the only other thing I didn't know they were going to do is the elevator that takes the crew down also can take someone to the roof so that they can potentially uh, quickly repair. Yeah, I thought it. that was a cool one. So, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then then they showed off a straight-to-drivable gray, te- gray cat 
sports terrain vehicle, the STV, which looks very much like a Jeep. It is now the fastest uh, vehicle in game. We'll get to what, why that is in a little bit. Um, they also did show uh, one, they reworked the P, uh, PTV. PTV? Mm-hmm. Um, the little buggy. Yeah. I almost kept going PTU. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they also have another concept that they showed. It's not done or in production right now, but the UTV, utility terrain vehicle, and uh, looks to be a little bit more utilitarian, carry more stuff. Um, so cool stuff uh and then last but not least they showed off or they they showed us the pick the ship this year segment uh last year you know was pretty much we've been seeing all of those ships come out so what they decided to do john crew uh instead of um sort of teasing us to pick a ship that they're going to have in the year since they released them all anyway they told us what type of ship they're going to do next or you know they want to release it's a large mining ship to essentially sit in between uh the argo um mole and the uh, rsi orion and so now we get to pick the manufacturer um the three manufacturers to choose from are misc rsi and argo so far rsi is leading the pack at 44 percent um, but it's a close one and, and it's still, uh, going on through the 17th of this month. Uh, so, uh, I guess one Gothic, my question to you is, did you get any of the new, you know, did you get the spirit or the, um, the STV and two, what'd you think about the segment? <laughs> I got both. That's <laughs> so like, I got, <laughs> got the A1 and the STV. I like the STV a lot. Uh, yes. it's, it's really useful. Yeah. Especially because it's got, you know, I do bunker missions a lot, like I said, and <clears throat> the, it's got like a trunk that you can store stuff in. Um, so normally when I do, you know, missions and I have loot, I want to bring out, if it doesn't fit in my backpack, I have to take my tractor beam and, you know, load the boxes individually and then get them out to my ship, which can only get so close, but you can back the STV all the way up to the, to the door of the bunker, um, and access that cargo. So it's a little, you know, it's a little bit shorter and then you just pull it into your, uh, ship and offload there. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you had fun with it. It, it does look really cool. It looks like a Jeep almost. Um, yeah. So I, I do love the way it looks. Seaguard. Did you buy any of the vehicles wow. and what'd you think of the segment? I, I definitely liked it. Um, I thought it was, uh, I, you know, I talked a little bit about it earlier that, you know, I think it was a good choice of, of vehicles to bring into the game. Um, I think that they're practical for, um, you know, multiple players. It's a reachable ship that you mm-hmm. can, you know, if you've spent a hundred dollars or seven, let's say $70 on a, um, an Avenger, you know, yeah, you might want to spend that extra money to get up to, this ship instead. I think it's a, it's a, fits a nice space, um, especially for people who like the crusader life's, you know, uh, feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the three versions were absolutely great. Uh, you know, normally we would have seen something like science cargo and, you know, uh, you know, you know, multi-purpose or something. Right. Um, 
but I thought, you know, the little bomber version, I didn't get the bomber. I got the cargo, but, uh, mm-hmm. I thought the, the, the bomber was a great idea. It's not this super nuke, you know, everyone on the ground around you. It's more reasonable in size. Um, looks great. Uh, I definitely, like you said, I definitely like the, uh, the, the feel of the, um, the shuttle, you know, the corporate shuttle kind of look of the, mm-hmm. uh, of, of the ship. It's, it's, it's great. Um, I didn't see the interior for the, for the crew. I'm very interested to see what their quarters look like. Um, so I, I definitely liked it and I think it's a great competitor with the 400 I and mm-hmm. the cutlass black, um, and the freelancer, right. But the freelancer carries more cargo significantly more. Um, so I really do think it's the cutlass black and, and this and the 400 I, uh, Yes, definitely. And then the SVT, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great type of vehicle. Um, you know, just like the the newer hover bike was. You know, it's a little bit smaller. It's got some you know different features on it. Maybe it doesn't have shields and things like that. But uh, the SVT, I think, is a good balance with two people, and then it has some useful cargo space in the back. Uh, it does have you know a place to store inventory in it. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's definitely capable of going some places, and it's definitely a sporty little thing. Uh, so I got one of those. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was—I thought it was very good. And then I think uh, I was very surprised by the choice of another level of mining ship. Um, mm. But given the size, I, I recently did my fleet, and. You know, you see the relative size of the Orion next to the others, and you realize this, this thing is huge. They do need a ship that's in there somewhere else. Yeah. It, it, at least at a minimum, it has to be a competitor to the mole. But I think actually, you know, the the Orion was originally, you know, conceived to be something compa- comparable to the Reclaimer and the Carrick and, you know, one or two others and, you know... They were the premier ships of their trade, right? Mm. Uh, the Orion is on another scale. I mean, it's it's like the Death Star. I mean, it's huge. Um, so you do need that other non-endgame ship, I guess is the term, um, but that fits that role. <clears throat> and um, I think it's a, a great choice. Um, and I did choose Argo. All right, I did just for the record. I chose Argo. I love RSI, but I almost picture RSI being the um, giant shipbuilder, right? Yeah. Versus Argo being a more specific and precise purpose, right? It's mm-hmm. it's very straightforward. In fact, I'm I'm surprised Argo ships have guns at all. In fact, like on a, the mole, why does it have guns? <laughs> so that it could go pew pew pew. <laughs> yeah, so it can wallow around and be shot. I mean, yeah. if it had a little turret on the top, you know, that'd be cool. But yeah, so maybe we'll see something with a couple of drones. Maybe it brings the, maybe it brings all the parts together for the Orion. So you get like maybe one or two drones. You get some mm-hmm. tractor beams. You get some, um, you know, uh, smaller well, a rock grinder kind of capability. Um. 
I think that would be a fun way to 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 go. Okay, cool. Um, Gothic, what did you vote for? Did you vote for anything? I voted for RSI. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Argo Argo ships are cool. Maybe I should have voted for them. Now that I think. Oh, RSI is good. Now that, now that I'm thinking about it, Argo is kind of okay. cool. And RSI is kind of like the big, you know, the big uh, big guy. Um, and it was Misk, right? That was the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like their ships at all, so that, they weren't even a thought. But uh, yeah. yeah, maybe I should have voted Argo. But you know, odds are they'll probably make all three anyway, just because. Right. Yeah, it's more ships. Yeah, yeah, it may not be right away, but long term, I'm sure. I voted Argo as well. Um, I didn't get any of the ships or any, you know, any of the vehicles, concept or not. I right. have been trying not to buy more ships. Um, plus, since I was unemployed, it wasn't a prudent decision. Um, right. And then, yeah, I, I liked it. The the um, Corsair looks great. Um, Corsair does look fantastic. I, I almost went back out and rebought that out of uh, buyback, but I was like, no, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I probably if I end up owning one, it's because I'm gonna use it instead of my Cuddy. I think. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for it to come back out. I just hate their accommodations as a ship. So like as a manufacturer and it doesn't feel like it's a long range expedition ship. It feels like, you know, short range compared to others. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does look really, really cool. So I can't wait to take a look at one and be aboard one. Um, The other thing is they did, they did change the arc of those side guns to be a little bit less, you know, side facing and they have a 90 degree angle now, which is good. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Um, all righty. And then after that, we actually got a look at a revised look at some of the, um, space stations from last year's citizen con and, and see how they've evolved looking great short video. Um, have you, did you guys see that part? Gothic? Say what was that again? It's how star citizen has evolved. How the, uh, they, they essentially looked at the, um, they did a quick video showing off the space stations of pyro and how they oh, evolved yeah, yeah, yeah. since, since we saw them last citizen con and, and yeah. the year. Um, yeah, I did see it. It was neat. Um, you know, nothing, nothing as cool as the rest of the stuff I saw that day, but yeah, yeah. Sure. It, it'll be, it'll be cool to see them in person. Although I might be afraid to go there <laughs> as a lawful player. What is your sense of adventure? <laughs> it, it's left at, I, I don't mind exploring pyro per se, cause it's a big, big system, but mm, I don't know. Um, and then we got a two and a half hour sit down conversation with Chris Roberts and Richard Tyrer, where they discussed squadron 42 and di- they did show some previews of some of the things that they were talking about in that discussion. Um, so one of the things that they showed was FPS scanning and uh, the new interaction system. They also sort of talked about how this would play into investigations as well. It was the scene that looked like they were investigating something. Um, the new interaction system 
is reliant less on inner thought and more on scanning to reveal what you can interact with and then pressing the default button. Um, well, essentially F. Um, and then to do the most common thing, like pick something up and then, then you might get a, a list of options when you're interacting with it. Um, they showed off the rework of EVA and push and pull mechanics while in space. Uh, so essentially EVA, um, EVA will um, look a little bit more like, uh, kind of like how Iron Man moves. So you'll sort of tilt forward. Yeah. Uh, and it will, you essentially can use the jets to propel, propel you a little bit and it'll keep you going indefinitely. So you use it to speed up, but this way you can conserve some of the EVA fuel because that'll be a thing down the road. Um, and then the the sort of like pulling looked um, pretty unique. Uh, they also showed off the sort of like technology behind what will be the mini map. And essentially instead of use modeling assets all over again, they use the existing game assets. So for example, they showed off a um, Idris and they were able to create a new mesh that essentially looks like a wireframe instead of the, the full mesh, but it procedurally is built and you, and can, you can navigate through different floors and see the layout. And they said that, you know, um, you know, for known locations, you'll have access to this information, or in some instances, you might need to download it from a terminal if you're in an unknown location. And then they also said you'd also end up revealing the whole thing through scanning and or exploring that map as well. Uh, they showed off the Moby Glass and what that looks like for um, for characters or for in-game. Uh, had a little bit of a more polished look and they had one, one page that had everything sort of like highlights from every section on it. Um, this also played into the fact that they will now have some uh, skills that you can level up. It's still going to be a, you know, player skill based game, but they will, um, they will essentially now allow you to. Um, wow, I lost my train of thought. I am basically, so <laughs> basically, I can help you. Thanks. Basically, as you play the game in the way you you tend to do, maybe you're a miner, maybe you're a cargo hauler, you will generate, um, basically improve your statistics in relevant areas like strength or speed or agility. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you might be less likely to black out while you're flying. Right, right. You and might... it's not something you have to focus on. It's just a matter yeah. of how you play. Yeah, you might be able to carry boxes, uh, heavier boxes, or not uh, You know, be able to do it faster. It's not going to be anything like super severe. Um you know, like, you know, you're still not going to be able to aim better uh, when shooting. If you don't aim well, you're not going to be able to aim any better because of these skills. So it's good stuff. Essentially, you can sort of like uh, even work them out, like essentially go to the gym or something. <laughs> or if you swim a lot, 
you might improve your endurance or your strength. Um, they showed off AI behaviors and, you know, talking about the three different uh, archetypes of AI combat. You know, there's the person who, or there's the behavior of like running and pushing against an enemy, really, really providing a lot of uh, pressure to them. There's the person who stands and waits. And then there's someone sort of in between who moves from object to object slowly. Um, so there's like that berserker that rushes in the person who slowly progresses. And then finally that, that, that last person, they showed off how AI would work together to search for you so that it looked realistic. They'll check hiding places. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, they sort of showed off like improved vaulting and, uh, you know, that was parkour. Yeah, that was was just insane. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, instead of it seeming very like you have to absolutely hit this perfectly, it seemed like if you jumped and jumped a little too high, you'd still be able to grab a ledge as you were falling. And then it also showed off being able to jump onto a ladder at any point, exit a ladder at any point, and look around while you're on a ladder. Uh, and they talked about the behaviors around potentially using weapons on ladders, etc. Gothic, what did you think of the episode and, and what was that part of the episode and what was most exciting? Uh, I thought the movement was really good. Um, the movement, the game, it's not bad, but I feel like it could be, you know, compared to mm-hmm. other games, um, even older games, the movement as far as being on foot isn't, the, I don't know, I feel like I'm stiff and, you know, half the time mm-hmm. you can't lean, the lean doesn't work or, um, you know, you, you can jump to your shin height on a box, but you can't pull yourself up because of whatever, like mm-hmm. uh, if they can improve the movement, that would be good. Uh, EVA, I, I could, is not that super interested in. I try, I try not to EVA because usually the, the noises freak me out. I always think I'm going to like die instantly when the <laughs> dude starts breathing in his helmet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Squadron 42. I'll be honest. I'm not, I don't, I didn't buy the game for Squadron 42. I bought it for the PU, uh, for playing with other people. This is, in my opinion, the best space MMO that's out there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm looking more for improvements on that. Uh, and the skill trees, they did kind of worry me when I first heard the word. Uh, but, you know, as they explained it, it's, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you level up your, you, you want to be known as the best miner, the guy who can prospect the best or refine the quickest or whatever. Um, and so, you know, you know, say Seaguard spends all his time refining whatever. I mean, if he's the best, he'll have the skills to show it. So I think that's cool. Mm. Definitely. Mr. Seaguard, how about yeah. you? I, I definitely, you know, I thought the movement was very good. I think it, just, it does, you know, they kept saying it over and over again, but it absolutely does. It opens up so many different ways to play jump off in the middle jump onto the middle you know find a ledge that's not near you Mm. it also doesn't make it um so that you have to be a master you know you know first person shooter player to get through the most difficult obstacles i mean you know you don't have to have the perfect jump right i mean you could might be a little more difficult you may get some damage but you're you may be able to scramble yourself up there. It's not an artifact of looking at a flat screen uh, instead of having full field of view. Um, yeah. So I thought those were fantastic. Um, 
I thought the skills was interesting. I immediately thought about uh, will gravity on a planet make you stronger, right? If you're on a heavy world, mm-hmm. high gravity, is it going <clears> to <throat> make your body perform better in the long run? And if you're in space for too long, does it counter effect it? Counter effect it you know, with the artificial gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of place, you know, play there. Um, I was trying to think what else they, they talked about there. Um, yeah, the, the, you know, you talked about walking on the out of, outside of the ship and the, the way that you could move through gravity. I thought that was very, a very cinematic yeah. type thing. You know, how many times have, you know, we tried to get to, um, the crusher station to clear our crime stats and, you know, you drop off a person and then they have to, you know, float for an hour to get there. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I could see people standing on top of a ship and letting go and just the ship pulling away from them. Right. So then you got to worry, can you stop yeah. or you're going to smash into it? Right. So I think uh, I could see some fun play with that. How many bulkhead doors can you crash through? Um, you know, I, I think it was uh, I think it was very cool. Yeah, definitely think it was cool. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I, I thought, I also liked the, the sort of um, mini map, uh, and they also oh. talked about that being the same technology that they'll use to bring, yeah, um, you know, like in ship uh, hollow globes to life, which I thought was cool. That was, uh, you know, that was. I'm just going to take an alibi on that one. Cause that was something I had forgotten to mention. And I was I actually had some thoughts on that. I, you know, I don't want to see every suit have that capability built into them. Right. I think that mapping ability would be great for maybe military scouts mm-hmm. or for explorers. And, you know, you buy certain suits that have it built in and then mm-hmm. there's handheld models for the rest of the world, maybe it's an attachment for your multi-tool. And, you know, if you're, you know, eventually we're going to have alien life and things, um, you know, someone on your team may actually have to forego a heavy weapon and carry a pistol with that scanner in their hand um, and have to worry about dropping it. And where are we going to store it? Do we have enough of them? Um, I, I, I think that, that tech, that capability should not be built in every suit. I think it's great technology. I think it's mm. great for the game. Um, I really do. I think it's fantastic. I also want to see it. Um, I, you know, like they were showing huge amounts of information about a ship um, with a scan. I would like to see the accuracy. You know, maybe maybe there's standard plans for all ships and the device will definitely give you accurate information from a scan out to 50 feet away in a circle. But mm-hmm. after that, it's going to overlay standard, standard uh, information out of a blueprint, right? So you're, you're kind of traveling in the blind, but you're not totally in the blind. And it does allow people, you know, their ships to have hidden passageways that wouldn't be visible or, um, you know, you don't know where there's a guard, if he's right around the corner or not. You know, it's, there needs to be a little bit more, there needs to be a little bit less known when using that tool. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure, well, my guess would be that they will have specialized scanners that you can have, and that's all a choice, because maybe it'll yeah. increase your signature and your scan yeah. ability. Yeah. Um, and aliens that, you know, in the game as well in the movie, that little handheld device, you know, pinging for the aliens, you know, we would go active and you'd like freeze in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, they're coming. Run back to the ship. Oh yeah, that 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 fear and that stuff will be awesome. A hundred percent, it will be really cool. Um, the other thing too, I forgot to mention in the in the description, but uh, Richard Tyrer and Chris Roberts are not succinct when they have no scripts to go off of. <laughs> um, that two and a half hours had probably thirty to forty five minutes worth of content. Yeah. And you could tell Jared was trying to speed them up and was struggling to do so. He yeah. definitely rolled his eyes a few times. Yeah, And even Chris Roberts seemed to acknowledge it, but then he still couldn't help himself. He just had yeah. to keep going. He yeah. just had to keep going. But I think they also have to, you know, and they, and they it, it was amazing to me that they talked as much as they did. I would have thought they would have been very worried about letting things slip, right? I mean, they were pretty free with their thoughts. Yeah, without being restrictive. So yeah, it was not quite cringeworthy, but it was funny. It was humorous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was good. A lot of people were like, "Come on already!" Yeah, um, the enthusiasm is there, and the tension, the detail is there, and that made me feel better. Yeah, it was good to see Chris Roberts again too. He yeah. he just he had been staying out of the limelight, and for better or worse. You know, it was a little bit too yeah. um, distant, I think, for a while. You know, for me, it's funny. You know, Gothic, you were talking about not having the Squadron 42. And one of the things that I bought into this whole thing was, you know, this whole game thing, is that I actually remember when Chris Roberts, you know, he probably would have been roughly the same age I was at the time in my 20s you know, sitting in Germany on a very early computer uh, with floppy drives playing Wing Commander and and just being stunned by how successful these games were. I mean, I think it was number four. You know, he has he has uh, Mark Hamill, the guy from Star Wars. Luke Skywalker is a star in that. I mean, it's just out of this, it's out of this world, you know, at that time to see that. Um, yeah. and he was so successful. I mean, the games were fun and they were not the traditional games. And they, there were some of the first games that showed, um, like a cockpit view. That's how you played the game. You didn't play from outside the, the ship at all. You played from inside the ship, but more importantly is that you got hints from the other characters in the game. And like, if you chose a, uh, wingman, you know, madman, or I can't think of the guy's name, but you know, you know, madman or whatever, he was going to be hyper aggressive. Right. And that may not be the right thing for the mission type you're going on. So you might take the other guy who's more chill, a more seasoned guy, a little older. And then when you go down to operations, you know, talk to someone, they'd say, Oh yeah, we've heard rumors about X, Y, Z. So be prepared. And, <clears throat> and that's how you kind of played the game. It was, um, it took a lot of that repetitiveness, repetitiveness out of it, and it really did did you did give you the way to play the game two or three different times in different ways. 
Um, so I, I'm, I really think that those games are going to be, I think they're going to be a plus plus. I really do. I think graphics wise are going to be spot on. Um, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I played. Uh, I was a kid, but I did play uh, some of the Wing Commander games. My dad was real into them and uh, Tide yeah. Fighter and uh, yeah. Swing and that type of stuff. Yep. Um, but you know, I'm more of a multiplayer type person. Like I'll play Squadron Forty Two. I mean, I saw Mark Hamill and uh, uh, what's her face from X Files. Um, oh yeah, Jillian yeah. Anderson. Yes, one yeah. of my favorites. Um, so yeah, I'll play it and I'm sure it's going to be a great game, but like my focus is just on the PU and getting to play with other people and. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to be a solo player only. This is, you know, since I've, you know, met geeky actually, since I met Chekhov, that's the first time I started playing with a group. I've always played individually and never been into MMO games with, with a groups. So this has been a big change for me, but, uh. Yeah, I think those are, and you can always, you know, as they start seeing clips and everything in advertisement, you'll still be able to upgrade your pack because um, you do get three of the games. It's actually three three um, releases, right? It's uh, one, two, and three, I guess, but uh, they're three chapters for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I. I'm excited for it. I, much like you, Gothic, I'm here for um, the PU, but Squadron will be a great way to sort of, you know, play something immersive, you know, especially when others aren't on uh, and such. Yeah. And I mean, it'd be a cool, it's going to be a good way for me to get to learn, you know, more of the lore Mm -hmm. within the universe. Cause like I've read some other articles, but, I don't know. I wish there was more. Um, or maybe I'm just not looking in the right spot. But Oh, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd like to learn more about the UEE and the Vanduul and all that. Have you um, have you watched any of the Lore Maker's Guide to the Galaxy? Nah, I have not. Those YouTube shows are really great. They talk about the different systems when they were founded, how they were discovered, what makes them unique, some of the landing zones. I'll have to check this out. Yeah. yeah, I was looking for, you know, more. Like I've read the articles about like, uh, like the one they pushed out today about Stegmans and um, mm-hmm. Nine Tails. But I just wish, you know, it's there's so much clearly that they put into it already. I just wish there was like a big repository to read it all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're slowly adding it to the Galactopedia, and then. The other thing is I would recommend um, Astro Historian is a really good channel. He goes into a lot of detail um, about different things like the history of the UEE, the history of space discovery within star systems in the universe, uh, etc. Um, so he's pretty good. I forgot what's his actual name. Paul Shelley, who is also what's his in-game name i forgot um but it's the the um the name of the channel is is uh, astro historian oh astro pub is is all righty and then last thing that they showed off was the new community hub which is a lot more 
um, user friendly and allows for people to be able to discover content. I started posting, uh, I posted last week's podcast on there. If anyone wants to go find my posts and upvote them, that might help us get a little bit more exposure. Um, and that is all for CitizenCon. Good stuff. Very exciting. Uh, leaves me feeling warm and fuzzy. Uh, that brings us to tips and tricks. Uh, no one submitted any tips or tricks uh, this past week. Uh, anybody have anything uh, gothic? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't have anything. No worries. I never have one. Uh, how about you, Seaguard? Anything come to mind? Uh, no, not, not this time. All right. Not this time. Well, then... Uh, it'll we'll pay, play our favorite theme <laughs> for the next segment. Um, so we had one for science submission, and that comes to us from a new um, member of the Discord, CN Fries. Um, welcome, CN Fries. Thanks for um, participating. Uh, he said, uh, "Me and a friend tried fitting two rocks in a Connie." Didn't start off well, but it worked in the end. Um, so <laughs> they do go, they do go, they do fit. Yeah. Uh, so there you go, two rocks and a Connie. Possible, maybe not easy, but possible. Uh, Gothic, any anything for science this past week? Uh, well, I don't know if it's a, it's if it's finished. It's still a work in progress, but just dropping the STV out of moving vehicles can be. Uh, <laughs> it's a little finicky. Um, there's a bounce that usually takes out whatever ship you're in pretty spectacularly. Um, the quickest way, or the, the most safe way, seems to be backing it out at a lower mm-hmm. speed. Um, so it's still a work in progress to figure out the best way to do it. But uh, right now, that's all I've got for, for that. Okay. Um, how about yourself, Seagard? Um, I, you know, no, no, you know, nothing really, nothing real fancy. I did, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really for this, this week for science. We've kind of, we have to retry that, uh, whether you can, uh, smuggle in the back of the Taurus. That's mm-hmm. what we were trying to do today when we were having crashing, you know, ex- it, you know, issues. Supposedly, yeah. the back of the Taurus is has this, that secure area, and it's yeah. not scannable. So, if only you didn't crash. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't do anything for science. Um, <laughs> so that was it. Now it brings us to our other favorite segment song. So <laughs> I, was, I sort of like dance kind of goofy just sitting here with a grin on my face every time that comes on. <laughs> uh, so last week, we actually have a week separating these episodes this time. Um, Seagard said or asked, which crew duty slash station for multi-crew ships do you want to see in game next? Uh, Dip McChunk- McJunkin said, drone ops. Um, 
Oshirigami said, refining, which seems likely, but yeah, also drones. Actually, full crucible-style kind of repair is uh, what I want to see the most, to be able to repair damaged ships and sell them on the black market or whatever. But also, uh, but that also uses drones, if I recall correctly. Um, depends on... Uh, depends on the repair ship, I think, but the... Um, what's the Aegis repair ship? The... Um, crucible? No, Aegis. Oh, repair. Oh. It's smaller. Oh. Uh, it's repair, refuel, and rearm. Not the Valkyrie. Um, Vulcan. I know what you're. Vulcan. Yeah. yeah the Vulcan it. has drones for sure. Uh, Drow has said scanning slash navigation. Yes, me too. Um, Chase Man Chu, aka Duke Nukem, said turrets that don't throw you into space lock you in or kill you. Yeah, we would like those too. Brother Squid said, something peaceful to do on long quantum jumps would be nice. Once we have wear and tear and component degradation in the game, I'd love to spend some time doing basic cleaning and maintenance tasks on components to give my upgrades longer lifespan between repairs and maintain optimal efficiency and function. Deep elbow with a rag down in the engine room, just like um, space good D space intended. I don't know space D good space, um, but whatever. <laughs> uh, does anyone understand that reference? Just like I don't. <laughs> I don't either. Space goody space good D space intended. I don't know, uh, brother Scoob. We have no idea what you're talking about, but either way, sounds heads down. Good stuff. Uh, Haymar said, Steven Seagal style fry cook with special ops option. Maybe cool hair. Escapement <laughs> <laughs> said, also scanning and navigation. Illusions 2 said, I'm excited for the command station on the Carrick to have more functions. The navigation crew could send the station map data and have targets locations prioritized. And engineering can send info on the status of things being broken for the commander to prioritize. Uh, Noctis Actual said, I want NPCs and turrets ASAP. This is for us solo players who want to use multi-crew ships properly. Um, Yeasty Dynasty said, I second this. It would be nice to be able to do both. One session you could have NPCs crew up your ship, and another session you could have your friends crew up if they're available to play. Uh, Psychosis with an S says, uh, I want to be the in-flight DJ on one of those large luxury vessels. Uh, S. Gateman said, maybe Seaguard will find a Moby Glass DJ app called Spaceship Band, and then he can make music to play on his ships. <laughs> <laughs> and then C.N. Fries said he could play Cody's music. And then Admiral Cody said, Seaguard will be the funk officer on That's my right. endeavor. His duties include playing fitting music over intercoms for whatever situation we're in. That's right. Oh, sorry. I got a tickle in my throat. Uh, Mach 3 generic said tractor operator pulling in cargo as fast as possible without yeeting it into the load masters. <laughs> uh, are you losing my mind? I just want to be able to pull and replace components and repair my ship mid flight 
call it damage control man or engineer, but I'm also all in for funk officer, even if it means putting every other game mechanic on hold until it's finished. <laughs> uh, Gothic, what, what are you looking forward to the best most? Um, it's, it could be either one or maybe they're together. Some sort of communications, something, uh, communications officer, something like that. Um, and then maybe alongside that would be electronic warfare, um, being able to jam communication. So I guess they would probably come together. Um, but I think electronic warfare would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm still waiting on data running so that I can get my MSR back. Mm. Yeah, data running seems like it might be fun. Hopefully it's just as robust as some of these other things look. Yeah. Um, Seagard, what about yourself? Yeah, you know, kind of a comms fan for some reason. Okay. And I presume you envision this as like comms across um, like someone who's really acting as the Essentially, the space operator. Yeah, I mean they're you know they're uh, you know patching the captain through or whatever you know, but uh, more importantly, they're uh, you know transmitting to other ships or requesting landing and uh, requesting refuel and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they make that uh, unique station. Um, I am, I'm just excited for engineering, uh, and then probably navigation and mapping type of thing. Anything sciencey, scanning, navigation, mapping. Alrighty. That brings us to the Q and a, and we had a few questions this week. Um, CN fries contributing again said, will there be a thing like the stock market? If so, when, what do you think? Uh, Gothic, will there be a stock market in game? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if they added something like that. Um, I mean, as far as everything else they've included in the game so far, I wouldn't. It's no shock at all that if if they did that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, See, so good. Yeah, I definitely think there'll be stock market. I mean, you know, one of the big games out there, Eve Online. You know, it's a big portion of it is based on the stock market. And, uh, you know, I I think it's a a great, it's a great way to have a, you know, a a way to make money besides just creating things and selling them or finding things and killing them and selling them and all those other things. A little bit of venture capitalist in it, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I do think, I do think we will see, um, we will see at least something like the stock market. It's essentially the dynamic economy. We see locations that look like stock markety kind of things where we're doing our commodity trading. So, you know, I think I think we'll see at least some rudimentary, you know, pricing so that we can make decisions uh, as to what to purchase um, and and where to haul it and bring it. See where the value is. I, hopefully, it'll be a robust app on the Moby Glass. Um, Illusions 2 said, uh, by the way, I think he's contributing for the first time too this week. Oh, excellent. excellent. Yeah, so thank you, Illusions 2. If I'm not mistaken, sorry if you contributed in the past and I didn't realize, remember. 
Uh, he said, do you think armor customization will ever be a thing? Let's say I want to color individual panels on my desktop, have the whole, have the mall, mall webbing be green and the armor underneath be multi-cam or something. Maybe change the color of the lights or eyes. On some of the armor sets, it would be, um, I think it would really let players create their own signature look instead of everyone wearing the same stuff for the most part. Uh, what do you think, Gothic? Do you think armor customization is in our future? I think it could be, and I really hope it does. I think it'd be cool to be able to stencil, you know, Gothic on the front of my armor, especially, uh, if, you know, if you're working on a crude ship and everybody's mm-hmm. storing their armor in the lockers. You know, if I see Seaguard walking around with armor that says Gothic on it, I'm going to know he's been raiding my stuff. And That's right. Can throw him out an airlock. Um, That's right. But, yeah, I think it's something they could do, and I hope it is. Okay, cool. What about you, Seaguard? Will there be armor customization? Absolutely. And not only physical, but I think components. Uh, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think this is, you know, you know, until they really get the um, the skin standard, you know, there's going to be iterations on how skins are done, just like they've done with the ships. But a suit is no different than a ship. It's a miniature ship. Mm-hmm. So I do think you'll be able to put a name on it just like you can put a name on a ship um i think you know scale's different but that's okay i think you'll be able to choose colors the same way and mm-hmm. i do think you'll even have components okay cool um i think there'll be some degree of customization uh they they have sort of at least somewhat mentioned that that could be uh something that they endeavor to do and because armor will be the same as ships in terms of the materials having, um, you know, physicalized damage. Um, I would imagine if you can customize your ship by painting it, you could customize your armor by painting it. I don't know, not, not bursting your bubble Gothic or not, because I don't know the answer, but I don't know if decals can be custom or not, but I would imagine Similar, once again, to the ship naming system, we might be able to have, like, org writing on it at the very least. Um, Yeasty Dynasty (laughs) asks, do you think, uh, do you guys think at some point CIGs should switch from Lumberyard slash Star Engine to, say, Unreal Engine, or should they stick with their current engine? This question comes up frequently in a Star Citizen group I'm in on Facebook. And for me, I think they should stay with their current engine. The graphics just look so good. Every time I visit an outpost on a moon or whatever, I'm always in all of the environment and how beautiful it looks. Uh, what do you think, Gothic? Should they ever change engine to Unreal? <laughs> I, I would hope not. Um, I mean, my game development experience is pretty small, but I mean, they basically have to rewrite the whole game as far as I know. Uh, so as slow as it's taking them yeah. just to get out this one, I really hope they don't decide to change <laughs> engines again. Exactly. <laughs> what what yeah. do you think, Seeger? Yeah, I don't. I think, I think if they're going to make a change, it will be for reasons of not graphics, but more in line with the scaling. Yeah. I mean, the difference between this version and what they originally started with was scale. I mean, the original engine was originally built to handle i think only like four kilometers by four kilometers Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the engine from crisis i think um and they've extended it to 
you know, literally millions of miles or billions of miles um, and kept this level of detail where you can zoom in and read text. And um, it's it's its own thing. And I think it's unique. It's unique in its capabilities right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, I doubt it. And and if something does come out, I actually think it's going to be a derivative of what they're already doing. Yeah. I, I, I don't see how it makes any sense to switch engines. I don't know why people think Unreal is a possibility. It doesn't, to me, it would be a waste of resources and time when they have a really good engine and they're building a lot of tools within their current star engine that can be used by others. Um, so it would be pointless at this point, I think. Um, Psychosis said... Oh, and he just replied, yeah, I would say too much work and talent has been built up for their customized CryEngine to switch to another engine. Uh, S. Gateman said, somewhere I think I saw they did start in Unreal Engine, but the scope of what CIG is trying to create uh, far exceeded what Unreal Engine could do, hence having to build their own engine and all the overhead and time it took. No other game engine that I know has the ability to scale the way the way their own engine can. And considering right. they built it themselves, they can tailor it to their own use to do exactly what they want. Right. S. Gateman had a couple of questions for us. Uh, first was, thoughts on the apparent speed nerf, according to some outrage on Spectrum, in preparation for the Great Cat STV. Uh, what are your thoughts, Gothic, on the speed nerf? Uh, I mean, are they talking about ground vehicles? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. How often do people use ground vehicles that extensively? I mean, most of us just fly our ship right to where we're going and hop out, do what we're doing, and hop back in. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's really... I feel like people outrage about just about everything this company does. So yeah, yeah. exactly. What What do you think, Sigurd? Yeah, I think I think this. I actually think the speed nerf is fine. I I don't have an issue with it. Um, you know, I think it's going to play havoc with you know the Daymore rally. I mean, it's going to be a five day rally now, not a one day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I do think it. Uh, it always kind of ticks me off when I see, you know, someone driving a tank in a game and they're, you know, jumping a hundred feet in the air and landing it and everything else. And having done some leaping with a tank, <laughs> it's not much fun. <laughs> it, you are a freaking pinball inside that sucker. I mean, it is, uh, my toon sergeant broke his leg doing that just for a mm -hmm. commercial for the army. I mean, it's you know, a little bit of a four foot drop at 40 miles an hour and it broke his ankle. Uh, this is not, uh, it's not as fun and glamorous, but to me, it's much more realistic. And, and I've done, you know, driven some Humvees at, at truly breakneck speeds through the middle of the desert, like, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh out near the national training center and through Egypt and some other places and, uh, in Africa. And, uh, yeah, there's times when, you know, the pucker factor, you're sucking the cushions up there because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's getting kind of squirrely, right? <laughs> these are, uh, these are not Baja vehicles. These are standard vehicles. So, 
I think I think it's okay. I think it's okay, and I think they will balance it, and we'll see many adjustments over the next, you know, two or three years. So, well, yeah, that's there's there's two things that come to mind for me. One is I really don't care the vehicles were moving very fast, and quite frankly, the other is this stuff isn't the final state. <laughs> They're right. tweaking it, you know, right. and they're trying to to really dial it in and, and make it make sense right. um so you know i i think people need to kind of yeah. take a step back and calm down um and then a follow-up question is how would how would you use the gray cat stv in your adventures gothic i know we got a taste of your adventures yeah so i'm doing it uh anytime i play i load it up in whatever i'm flying if you can fit uh i use it to hold cargo uh, to get from my bunker to my ship um, or take it from the bunker to the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it, you know, when you get those bunker missions where the turrets are shooting at you, I just park kind of a distance away and just drive it. I mean, it covers the ground in no time at all. Nice. Um, it's just, it's fun. I don't I mean, it's fun like any other vehicle, but it just fits in more. It's faster than the, the little, you know, golf cart. Yeah. Um, and it fits in, I mean, it fits in a cutty red. Uh, so there's more options as far as who can take it with them. You know, I love the cyclone, but it doesn't fit in half the stuff I have. Mm. So I don't ever get to use it. Okay, cool. Uh, Seagard, how would you use the Grey Cat STV in your adventures? Yeah, a very similar manner. Um, you know, I, you know, we do do a lot of those, you know, clearing missions. And I do think that, um, and also, you know, anytime we can go salvage a wreck or something, we try to do that. And I hated the fact that, you know, you got to land your ship right there and get shot up by towers or land it farther out and hoof your way in. Um, and then people could see on their scanners anyway. So they just go blow up your ship and now you're stuck at the wreck with no way out. So I think the ability to park, your ship much farther away and come in with the ability to carry some stuff out means you got to be care, you know, selective about what you leave with selective about what you depart with to go for the mission. Um, and it does let you have a little bit, another phase of the adventure. So mm-hmm. um, I like that. I, I just thought of something for science. So I'm going to use that also as a alibi it's related. Mm-hmm. So, with Haymar's help yesterday, we were loading up the Starfare with uh, our SVTs, and I brought along a mole, or not a mole, a um, mule, and we had put cargo in. Uh, we left the middle kind of open, but there was, you know, the sides were full of cargo to the ceiling, um, and the there's enough room on the sides of the cargo in the front of the cargo stacks to park a mule or an SVT in there sideways and it fits perfectly and you can just drive it right out. So it's okay. up near the front of the, uh, of the cargo area on the Starfare. Alrighty then. Um, I, I, I don't really have a, a different way I would use it other than the way you guys have, except maybe <laughs> just for fun. Right. And that's not saying you didn't say that. It's just, it seems like a fun drive. Um, Next question, 
was also from S gate man. And that was which crusader spirit ship would you fly and why? So we sort of answered this, but you know, tell me more <laughs> what, uh, what Gothic, uh, spirit would you fly and why? Uh, well, I've got the A1. Um, a, it's, it comes in black, so that's always the preferred choice. <laughs> uh, and B, uh, it's a bomber, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um, I like uh, the other bombers, but it's smaller than the, is it the C2 or the A2? I guess it would be the A2. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's smaller than that because I, I don't like the, that particular line of ships, the A2 and the C2. It's too much like trying to drive a whale. Um, but, you know, it's bigger than like the Eclipse. I can get out and walk around and is it three person or two person? I guess uh, it's two, two person. Yep. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a bed I can log out in and, um, it just looks neat. Uh, looks like something I'd like. Uh, so I picked it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and what about you, Seaguard? Even though we, yeah, I, I bought the cargo were... one uh-huh. and I definitely, I bought it cause it is a two person ship. Um, you know, it has, um, you know, it, it gives two players, you know, the ability to go do some fun stuff with it. It'll carry a vehicle or two, and I think that's great. Um, it's also gives me a set of ships, you know, to move somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, and not just have to keep moving my Cutlass Drake around all, or my my uh, Cutlass Black all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. I actually have one. Um, I was actually thinking, I wonder why they haven't come out with a Crusader starter ship. Yeah. Mm, Something comparable to maybe the Avenger, you know. Yeah. Um I I think I would choose the E1. Uh one because it looks really awesome. Two because it would fill out a role that I actually don't have a right. ship for right now, unless I'm using maybe maybe my uh four hundred I. But you know, there's really not a, a good pri- you know, right. high-end transport ship that I own. Um, so that's why I would get that one. Plus, it's just beautiful. Um, Mavros asked, question for the hosts. How do you imagine the new mining ship that's promised after a voting stage? Size, crew, and such. And why, ha- why has it got to be Argo? Last one is kidding. Or not really, but which company would you vote for? So we already talked about who we voted for, but how do you imagine Gothic the ship would be? I gotta read that question again. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, yeah. If, go ahead, Seaguard. I gotta reread it again. Yeah, I think I kind of talked a little bit about it. I think it would be a subset of. It would have an example system for everything that's on the Orion, mm-hmm. right? So it would have at least one drone. It would have at least one munching device it would or you know grinding device it would have um you know tractor beams at least one maybe two um probably roughly the same size crew as the mole um Mm -hmm. right but you can exercise all of the skills yeah okay cool what about did you reread the question gothic yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think be Seacard said it just how I'd say it. I think it's going to be a smaller version of the big one. You can get everything done, just you know, to maybe a lesser degree. 
Okay. Um, but it'll be like that combination of everything they've been working on for hopefully a finished, you know, gameplay type. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree in terms of I, I think crew size probably isn't going to be a big variation, if any, from the mole. And I, I think, yeah, it'll be kind of the smaller crew, but still pretty high reward type of ship um, without, you know, needing to be a huge endeavor um, and, you know, take it a long, long time to fill. Like this might be a play session type of ship instead of a, you know, day long play session. Yeah. Everything we have right now has a disposable cargo bag, right? For Mm -hmm. the rocks. Um, The Orion comes with that ability to filter what it keeps and get rid of the rest mm. to maximize its cargo. And I could see that being something that makes a ship that's bigger, but bigger than a mole, but not necessarily more technically capable, but it yeah. would make it have longer legs to stay out and mine more and bring back more, you know, something other than quantanium. Yeah. Do you think this one would have the refining functionality that the Orion has? I don't know. That's uh, you got to leave something for the final ship, right? Mm. Yeah, got to leave something. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Yeah, I I don't have any anything to say compared to that. Um, uh, Illusions two said, uh, and I think he was responding to someone else. I think the STV is going to be great for people that need to just get around and move some stuff with them. I have both the STV and the Cyclone RC and tested them. I may have, it may have a higher top spear, but it never gets there because it accelerates too slowly. So the RC feels much faster. Uh, And then he also said, I wanted a Cutlass competitor for a while now. So the C1 for sure. I can't deny the Cuddy's usefulness, but I just don't like great Drake ships. Um, and then S. Gateman said, interesting, is the STV available to buy in-game yet? No, not yet. Um, I think next patch yes. or the patch after. Oh, in-game for credits. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and then we got... Um, oh, and then Illusions 2 said, sorry. <laughs> um, hang on. I lost my place. Oh, Illusions 2 said, I haven't checked. You can get it with LTI on the pledge store. S. Gateman said, um, me too. I love the new ships. I wish they were flight ready today. I don't like the Cuddy or the Freelancer series, which means there's no smallish ship for me, small-ish ship for me yet. But the spirits are running and will fill that role for me. Just can't decide between the C1 and the A1. I already have the MSR and the railing, so I'm pretty set for cargo ships. Um, and then he also commented that he doesn't see himself using the C1 for cargo, uh, mostly just to transport troops and vehicles around. Easty Dynasty said, yeah, the Star Citizen player map is just an ungodly huge mess for Stanton alone. We got Pyro on the horizon with a bunch of other systems. That wasn't a question. It was a comment. Uh, But it wasn't a comment to anything that I could see. (laughs) 
Um, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Eastie. It is a mess. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll improve it. I think um, the chocolate kicked in for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's also just, there's no question there. I'm just like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that uh, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. If you do have any questions, comments, whatever um, you'd like, you can email us at our old email address, readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle uh, at citizencastsc. I've been tweeting a lot more now, too, so hopefully people enjoy that. Uh, you could submit a message through Anchor. Uh, you could join our Citizen Cast Discord, where we engage in, in all the different topics in different areas. You can also text or leave a Google voicemail to our, our Google number, 646-783-8154. Um, if you are looking for a crew, looking for an org, or simply looking for people to play with and talk with in between your solo sessions, take a look at Parlay House. Uh, the Parlay House is a um, neutral zone where all players of all types can hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best damn space sim the verse has to offer. Uh, links to the Discord can be found in the show notes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, don't forget our friends of the show who are also content creators. Uh, we have Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrot who have YouTube uh, channels uh, that you can take a look at. Actually, VMZO also has a YouTube channel, too. Uh, you can listen to the music uh, that Adam Roll, Cody, and Calibri have created uh, based on Star Citizen and is out also featured in the podcast. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen it as well, uh, Star Jump created a new fleet viewer that is hands down the best way to visualize your fleet. Um, and friends of the show, Grim and VMZO, put a lot of work into making that a very cool tool. Um, that wraps it up for another week. Uh, thank you so much, Gothic, for uh, joining us tonight. Really excited to have had you on the show. And, uh, yeah, thank you, fellow citizens. We'll see you next week. Hey, Geeky. Yes. You can, you can start the music if you want. I yeah. was starting it. I did update the Parlay House link on oh. the. Uh, I went with a custom one, but we needed one on the on the website for uh, Robert Space Citizen for the org. It was expired, mm-hmm. so we've got a new one. I just posted it in the chat in the chat with you, and then I had question of the week. We're just I just posted it oh. in. It's uh, using the Star Trek framework. Yes. What crew role would you prefer on a multiplayer ship? And uh, this is kind of a more of a, a fun one, right? Because we just did one, what role do you want to see next? But do you want to be, you know, on a ground crew or an away team or the bridge crew, a commander or a command role, the gold shirts, that's choice A, science, the blue shirts, B, security, the dreaded red shirts, communications, which I think was also a red shirt with Ohura. Um, engineering, medical, or for some of you lucky ones out there, ship counselor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. 
And that oh no no it's all right. I was just gonna do it over the uh, as we because I posted it. So yeah, sorry for cutting you do the music. Oh no worries. That concludes another episode of Citizen Cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, now curious if, if this resonates with either of you, but do have either of you seen the uh, House of Dragon meme that's come out? with the queen and Rhaenyra's and the queen's like is they're interviewing each other they're the actors themselves the queen goes what's your favorite drink and uh Rhaenyra says a negroni oh really (laughs) with prosecco in it and everyone is obsessed with this on tiktok I've seen, I've seen the original, seen yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's so funny how often it's popping up. Uh, and I think it's partially for two reasons. Because people are reacting to it so much on TikTok. But also because TikTok is so evil, it knows that I like Negronis. <laughs> yes, you do. That's probably it. And wish I had one right now. <laughs> to, go with your, to go with your chocolate. We just have to go with the chocolate, you know? Chocolate. Chocolate.